Welcome to the Innovation Playbook Podcast, powered by DPT Solutions. Our goal is to inspire innovation by providing strategic solutions to common business challenges. As the business landscape and technology evolves, we plan proactively for the future with an emphasis on lead-through-cash solutions ranging from marketing automation, CRM, field service, accounting, and data visualization. With each podcast, we'll provide an innovation playbook that outlines the steps you can start taking today to improve business performance. Now, let the innovation begin. Hi, I'm Dana Gibbs, and I'm a senior business analyst here at DPT Solutions. My background is in human development, data analytics, and business processes. And I'm Dan McGraw, the CEO of DPT Solutions, and I've been helping companies digitally transform over the past 20 years. Today, we'll be talking about engaging the customer in the digital world. And Dan, I believe you have a lot of experience on this subject, right? So I've worked for Fortune 500 companies right on down to nonprofit. I'd say ultimately I've I've found my passion in the mid-market, small mid-market spaces uh, in which I firmly believe that the impact of innovation can be profound. And not the fact that it can't be profound, obviously, in larger organizations, but the fact that smaller and mid-sized organizations can not only capitalize on uh, innovation, but also uh, that transformation can be much more nimble and happen a lot, a uh, lot more quickly, oftentimes. And I also believe that it's important for businesses to understand that the digital era of innovation is real. It's here, and it will disrupt your business. And I think that's important as a lot of small in in mid market size companies tend to be a little bit complacent, especially when things are good. They really tend to stay there. And uh, ultimately, here at DPT, our mission is to help companies understand the impact and take actionable steps to innovate and differentiate. You know, this reminds me, we're all creatures of habit, and a lot of our habits are actually formed from when we were younger and in a world that is also technologically very different from today. And it's kind of interesting to see how those habits become outdated as time goes by. So real world example, I remember my first car having roll-up windows, no AC and no cruise control and so on. You know, it was a pretty basic model. These days, though, you would actually be pressed to find a car that doesn't have these. In fact, we're starting to see self-driving cars. So... This can relate actually back to leadership changing hands in companies now, though, can't it? As the generations in our workforce change, we're actually looking at our own example of going from roll-up windows being innovative to now being unimaginable. And LCD screens, sonar cruise control, and air-conditioned seats, are they're no longer new and exciting, but they're actually starting to be expected. So how would you see this translate into new leaders and also the changes in leadership in their existing and new clients? Well, interestingly enough, right, that's all about the customer experience. Like you think about, uh, you know, hitting a button to roll down your windows, cruise control, all of those things. It's all about the the, the customer experience. And those are all good points. And I think sometimes, in this, and again, especially in this small, mid-sized business, organizations get caught up on what is innovation, right? And, and, and start to think that innovation is all about technology. And it isn't necessarily all about technology, uh, well, you can definitely leverage technology to aid in that innovation of product and services. It is not all about tech, but it is important for, for organizations to understand and almost not think of innovation as innovation, but think of it as just ongoing evolution, right? I mean, products have evolved for, well, since the beginning of time. And, and it's important to think about the next step of your organization and whether that's your products or services. When you think about companies like Uber, Airbnb, Grubhub, Tesla, the list goes on, 
it really comes down to meeting the buyer where they are and bridging the gaps in those traditional uh, services, right? So it, it, it's with Uber, uh, you know, it, it wasn't about just doing the taxi cab company in a better way. It was really innovating um, and evolving that, that whole uh, methodology to really meet the customer where they are and create a better experience. So it is really just kind of that next evolution of product. And to some of your points, Dana, regarding cruise control and and uh, in beyond self-driving cars, I, I saw an announcement where GM was basically saying, hey, we're a customer experience company uh, and we just happen to sell hardware. I mean, that that's pretty significant. I also <laughs> saw a recent note where I think Toyota has invested, can't remember if it was 400 million or 400 billion in, uh, I'm sure it was 400 million, um, in in the concept of flying cars. Oh, wow. <laughs> that's, I just saw that over the Straight weekend. Straight out of the Jetsons. <laughs> yeah. And it's now that stuff, right, uh, would be obviously, uh, well, I shouldn't even say obviously, who knows these days, but, you know, they're, they're flying people to the moon, right, in private uh, spaceships. Right. <laughs> so it's, I guess you just never know. But ultimately, you know, bringing it back down to scale it's always looking at your products and services and trying to understand what can we do to meet the buyer where they are um, and, and what can we do to further enhance their experience beyond uh, the, the same products that we've sold for the last 20 years, the same services that we've sold for the, for the last 20 years. How can we evolve that model and just make our customer experience that much better? So with the demographics regarding change or with regarding age changing as time goes by, we're seeing consistency across the markets regarding what customers actually value. So can you tell us why this is important and how we engage potential buyers and customers today as opposed to how we did it even just five or 10 years ago? Yeah, yeah. You know, great questions. And I, I again, I think it if you think about the generations, right, and, and you think about Millennials now make up the largest part of the workforce. And so you think about boomers retiring, you think about millennials coming in, just the natural way that those folks grew up on business, really, right? Or, and, and not even business, just that the way that those individuals grew up as consumers. Whereas millennials grew up, for the most part, with technology in their mm-hmm. hand. Boomers didn't, right? So the sources and where they had to find information and the way they cultivated relationships was different. I mean, you even look at kids now, right, where they they Snapchat each other all the time. They text each other all the time. And as a parent, you can go, oh, my gosh, right? Can't you pick up the phone and have a right, conversation? Right. Can't you go to the park and hang out and have? But it just is what it is. Like, you, you don't have to like it. You don't have to embrace it. So I think it's important to understand that concept that, it, back to kind of my, my earlier comment about just evolving those experiences, there's new technologies, there's new ways of doing things. And so I think understanding that is kind of a foundational concept is important. And really that reality that as the those younger generations come into the workforce, knowing that we need to align with their habits, we need to meet them where they are, in that they just flat out expect a different experience than what their parents expected. And I'll give you an example. Um, I uh, refinanced uh, my home, like many Mm -hmm. people have done over the last couple of years. 
and I had some relationships with the local bank. And so I took that approach to refinance for the local bank and it wasn't a great experience. And as I was early in that process, I also decided I was going to go down a rocket mortgage path as well and just kind of see the difference. Um, and honestly, the rocket mortgage path was quite amazing to me in terms of it didn't really matter to me that I didn't have a relationship. The overall experience that I had with Rocket Mortgage was significantly better. Okay. I felt with the local bank that I had to manage the process. Whereas with Rocket Mortgage, they were on top of things. So, you know, from the point that I submitted the online application to the point that they reached out to me, the cadence in which they reached out to me. So if I didn't respond to that email or phone call, they weren't all over me. They weren't hitting me, you know, 10 times a day with communication. But they had a nice cadence. And actually, at one point, when I, I wasn't returning their calls, frankly, it, it hit this escalation group, right? And that escalation group, I'm sure, is just the escalation group. But uh, I'm doing air quotes. But it, it was core to being in the space that I'm in. It was core that you could tell a process was being driven behind the scenes, true, right? True. So it was reach out wait this many days, this many hours, have another reach out, wait this many days, this many hours, send it to the escalation team, <laughs> right? Have the escalation team, butter the customer up, whatever it is. Um, but honestly, it's my experience with the local bank was I had to drive that entire process. The amount of time I had to resend the same paperwork because the process had taken so long. Oh. and. You know, I don't fault the individual that was managing that. What I suspect is, like I'd mentioned earlier, so many people have been refinancing. Um, she was probably dealing with a ton of refinances. And the fact that it was really up to her that the organization that she worked for didn't afford her a system and tools to help manage that process just made it clunky. She was probably super busy. I'm sure she wasn't trying to ignore me, but I think if she would have been enabled and empowered with additional tools, that could have helped her tremendously. And so, you know, at the end of the day, you continue to see companies like Rocket Mortgage and we the list goes on and on and on, but where local companies need to up their game and it's not that difficult to do is they need to get their systems up to par, right? Understanding that, you know, I'll use another example. I bought a chainsaw from a local uh, brick and mortar retailer. And, um, you know, they sent a letter in the mail two or three days later and it was, hey, thanks for your purchase of your chainsaw. We're a full steel dealer, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, just that simple letter that's not something Amazon does. So there's so many ways that your smaller shops can also differentiate. But at the end of the day, I'm sure that letter was processed from the point of sale system to the back end, auto-generated. And frankly, uh, potentially a human never even touched the letter, right? In, in, until I opened it. Uh, we do things like that. But that in and of itself can just create that little added touch that a local retailer or whoever needs to just add a layer of value that maybe an Amazon or somebody else doesn't. So innovation doesn't always have to be extreme either. So and on that note, as I'm talking about Amazon, customers want easy. 
So when you think Amazon, you, you probably never thought you were going to purchase all your general merchandise and have an Amazon truck show up at your door, you know, five days a week. Um, <laughs> but right here we are. Yeah, <laughs> that's actually really true. I've actually been ordering items from Amazon since, oh, I don't know, 2006. But no, I definitely never thought that that would be the case. Unfortunately, though, now my first reaction if I need something is just to pop open the app on my phone and click to buy now. I don't have to deal with changing layouts in the store, other customers driving all the way there just to find out what they need and or that I have or what that I need is not in stock. You know, it's it's easy. Do you remember the commercials? You probably don't. Um, it, this is dating me, but the uh, the phone first commercials. No, but I also didn't have TV for quite a large part of I my life. Re- <laughs> I can't remember what those were. I think it was like a phone book or, uh, or a company advertising or something like Yellow Pages or something that was like they had this little jingle and it was phone first, um, right? So you could call and make sure they had whatever you were you were looking for <laughs> yeah. before you showed up, right? Now we're dealing with apps like phone first. What are you talking about? Right, right. right. <laughs> I'm not calling anybody. So, you know, I think it's important is that organizations need to start the conversation, um, it's you, you don't have to go to this extreme. You don't, I mean, yes, to be a, you know, true disruptor, oftentimes, whatever you're thinking about, you need to, you need to amplify that by 10 X, right. In, in order to really disrupt your industry. But I think for most organizations, it's thinking different and it's beginning to establish that roadmap. And that's where it begins. Like if you're not even thinking about how are we going to step up our products? How are we going to step up our services? It's so easy for companies to get complacent and say, well, we manufacture a great product or we deliver a great service or a combination of both. But if you're not continually evolving that and understanding where where your customers are, you're prone to disruption. And I think it's also important to understand that if you already have an established customer base, you've got a huge leg up already. You should be able to collect large amounts of data. You should be able to reach out to that existing customer base and understand what's evolving. How have their needs changed? What And a lot of times that can even lead to new product ideas of, oh my gosh, you know, they said if we could plug this hole or fill this gap... That that would that that they would do business with us right away. In some cases, companies take that back and go, you know what? That's not that much different than what we do today. We could create that product. We could create that service, and immediately, just that feedback that you're getting from your customer can really help you differentiate. Whereas if you're a startup, that's not that's potentially not an option. Um, so it doesn't mean that your why you know, why you exist, why the company started. It doesn't, none of that needs to change, but it's likely that your delivery model does need to change. Um, and, and again, you think about most of the uh, disruptors out there, the product really didn't change. It was the way that that product was being delivered to the consumer um, for that experience. So, Customer experience is king. Data is king. You don't have to like market change. You don't have to like the way other people do business or a younger generation does business. You still may love the handshake deals. That's okay. 
Um, but you do need to realize that it's going to change and you can resist it or you can get on board with it and you can start to generate that that roadmap and just understanding of how you're going to evolve as an organization. That is so true. Uh, here we have a really interesting perspective on clients who they're, they've either already transformed or they're in the process of transforming or there's ones that have started the conversations to transform, but they haven't actually started the process yet. And one of the consistent things that we hear is, we've always done it this way. And we've always done it this way usually translates to siloed business processes, Excel spreadsheets saved on somebody's desktop, archaic systems, sometimes even multiple systems that have been patchworked together, and tools that often lead you to, actually, quite frankly, your rocket mortgage example, Dan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, you just got to start, right? It's it's I, I I don't like and I don't typically using sp- sports analogies, right? But you, you, you've got four plays to get a first down. And, you know, ultimately, starting that roadmap, taking action, beginning that journey, you know, something else that I often encourage with organizations is view your technology department, your IT department, as an innovation budget, right? Don't think about it as this cost center of, oh, we need to buy new monitors Mm -hmm. and we need to do this and we need to do that. View it as how can we involve our technology groups to help us innovate as a company and deliver enhanced products and services. And frankly, if you're still viewing IT in that way of, oh gosh, you know, it's, we gotta spend money on this, we gotta spend money on that. you know, I, th- I think it's really important that 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 shift needs to happen. And um, the list goes on and on, but we'd, we'd love for you to check out our blog at DPT Solutions uh, for this podcast outline. We'll also have some reference links in there um, in which you can you can check out some of the uh, I think the Toyota article that I mentioned earlier and some other things. Um, but ultimately, we want to help you differentiate your position and your business for the future. Uh, we'll have a playbook and some free content and tools where you can get started with a journey. If you have questions or would like to provide feedback, please drop us an email at dan at And next up, we'll be discussing the topic of engaging the employee in the digital world. Thank you. Thanks for joining us on the Innovation Playbook podcast. Get your Innovation Playbook today along with other resources, links, articles, and information discussed on this podcast at dptsolutions.com. The Innovation Playbook podcast was recorded, edited, and produced by Marketing Story Pros and can be heard on Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, or wherever great podcasts are found. Now it's time to take action. Don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in and win the game with the Innovation Playbook podcast.